Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them. Say the power of the Lord. And a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy. Amen. Anybody filled with joy tonight? And he, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. The, then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Amen? So tonight... I'm going to share uh, lessons from the church at Antioch. Lessons from the church at Antioch. One thing I noticed when we were reading that portion of scripture is that the people were scattered and they began preaching everywhere they went. Amen. They began preaching the word of God. Everybody began preaching the word of God. And then Paul and Barnabas came and they taught for a year. I'm thankful for the preach word of God, but I'm also thankful for the teaching of the word of God. Amen. We have some of the best teachers right here at the Life Church and those that can teach us and instruct us in the ways of the Lord. Amen. So Antioch, I'm going to talk just real briefly about Antioch and then I'm going to try to, I know we got a different size crowd in here. Uh, the kids don't have classes, so I'm going to try to keep their interest too. Amen. But Antioch, the church at Antioch of Syria, it plays a crucial role in the book of Acts. Here it's where believers are called Christians. With this mixture of Jews and Gentiles, the church at Antioch became fertile ground for the growth and spread of Christianity and a model congregation in the early days of the Christian church. Antioch of Syria was one of the largest cities in the first century Roman world, accommodating a population between 100,000 and 300,000. The city was home to a wealthy and thriving Jewish community. The first mention of Antioch in the New Testament in reference this is in reference to Nicholas, a Gentile convert to Christianity, who was one of seven Greek-speaking leaders chosen to serve as deacons at the church in Jerusalem. The city's location at a chief trade intersection between Egypt, Asia Minor, Greece, Italy, and Mesopotamia, became, it made the church at Antioch a strategic hub for spreading the gospel to the cities around the Mediterranean and beyond. After the stoning of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, believers faced intense persecution in Jerusalem, seeking refuge in other cities. Many Christians traveled to Antioch and preached the gospel among the Jews there. Likewise, believers from Cyprus and Cyrene shared the good news of Jesus Christ's salvation to the Greek-speaking Gentiles in Antioch. And Luke, he reports that the hand, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. 
When news reached Jerusalem about the exploding number of converts in Antioch, leaders sent Barnabas to investigate. And when he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Barnabas was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and faith and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And Barnabas, he recognized the Holy Spirit's work in the lives of both Jews and Gentiles in the church at Antioch. So he joined in the ministry there. After a time, Barnabas set out to find Paul and Tarsus, and the two returned to teach and minister for a full year to the mixed assembly of believers at the church in Antioch. It was during this time that the believers started being called Christians. The proper meaning of, uh, of the name of Christian is simply a follower of Christ. That's it. A Christian is a follower of Christ. Do we have any followers of Christ in here tonight? Amen. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord with you. Praise God. So I want to see revival that can only be described as being done by the hand of the Lord. Something that only God can get credit for. I want to see disciples being made all over the place, all over Kansas City. I want to see it happening. I want to see it right here. Amen. The people of the book of Acts were without innovative technology and million-dollar budgets. They were people of God. They had the word of God. They had the spirit of God. And clearly that was enough to spread the gospel of God to the ends of the earth. I believe we have very much to learn from our brothers and sisters in Antioch. And I hope and pray that you walk away with something tonight that changes the way you think and that would help you minister in your community. Amen? I want it to help me minister in the community. So let's disciple and raise up ordinary people that will do extraordinary things in the kingdom. Let's do it right here at the Life Church. Let's raise up ordinary people that will do extraordinary things in the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 11, 19, 20 says, Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered, the believers, the followers of Christ, who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. Now that takes us back to the book of Acts. Saul, Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, everybody say all. We've heard pastor preach this. All the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria, some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers were scattered. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. Saul was going everywhere, house to house, pulling people out of their house and throwing them in prison. This wasn't Peter or John, or James that was sent to Antioch. This was unnamed men and women. The believers that were scattered, unnamed men and women, 
that went and began preaching with no Bible school training, no theological degrees, no official direction, no church planting experience, no big convention behind them, just some guys who started one of the greatest churches in Christianity. Amen? Ordinary disciples of Jesus making disciples of Jesus. And I'm tempted to completely miss this today. And maybe you are too. You know, you want to be used by God. You know, however that looks to you. You want to plant a church. You want to grow a church. The way to do that today is just go get an excellent communicator. Get some awesome music by some cool-looking musicians. A beautiful building and programs for every age represented, and then we are all set. And we can have, we can go build a church in any city in America if we have that. Yet none of these things are mentioned in the start of the church at Antioch. Instead of professionals, places, and programs, you have people that are passionately sharing the gospel. And this is how God intended for his gospel to spread. If God has done something for you, you have some passion in your heart and in your life. God saved you. God delivered you. God wants to use you in your community. Amen. Not ultimately through awesome presentations or bigger buildings, new programs, but through equipping ordinary people. And we should view everyone as a laborer in the harvest field. We should view everyone as a laborer in the harvest field. And this includes me and this includes you. We need, every, we need people that work everyday jobs to be everyday disciple makers. That's it. We get paid to do the work of God. God has been working on me and probably you too from, from uh, the spectator mentality in the church, from having ministry done by only those that we deem extraordinary. Those that are ultimately gifted, have five gifts and can do it all. We expect them just to save the whole wide world. We must pray that God will raise up ordinary people to do extraordinary things in the kingdom. Our evangelistic strategy should be bigger than us having a big sanctuary to hear only me speak. I don't want to be the only speaker for Kansas City. It should be bigger than just coming to hear one person speak and fantastic music. We can't rely on Pastor Gleason to minister to 2.7 million people here in Kansas City. We can't expect Dr. Larmy to follow me in every QT and begin singing a worship song as I'm preaching Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, let's just be real. Let's just break it down here. The gospel is to spread by equipping everyday people like you and I to go into our communities to share the gospel, to teach and preach about Jesus Christ. Amen? And children, I'm talking to you too. God wants to use you. If you're in here and you're under the age of 10, God wants to use you in your community. And your community is your school. It's in your neighborhood. It's riding the bike with your friends. God wants to use you. Amen? So let's be careful about exalting some uh, unique gifting of some leaders while ignoring the masses, the masses of people that are filled with God's spirit. Amen? The spirit of God is not to make us comfortable, but it's to make us missionaries. 
Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be what? Witnesses of me. When we get that Holy Spirit, it gives us power to be a witness for him. Amen? So let's be an army. Let's be an army of ordinary people raised up to be laborers in the field that God has placed us in to do extraordinary things. All of us here, all of us, we're just ordinary people here in Kansas City, Missouri, but God wants to do extraordinary things through us. Amen? So number two, from the church of Antioch, what do I see here? Let's embrace suffering as God-ordained means for the accomplishment of the Great Commission. Embracing suffering. Acts chapter 8. Without the stoning and killing of Stephen, for all we know when the gospel of, the gospel of Jesus would still be in Jerusalem. Without the stoning of Stephen, it would still be there. So martyrdom with, within the church, it led to the multiplication of the church. Because when Stephen was stoned and when he was killed, we read it already. The believers were scattered and they began preaching. This is how it happened. God didn't just allow suffering. He ordains suffering. The gospel didn't and doesn't spread in spite of suffering. It spreads because of suffering. And it makes sense because how are we saved from our sins? We are saved because of a suffering Savior. Amen. Jesus suffered and he died for our sins. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Matthew 16, 21 says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Acts 5 and 41, the apostles left the council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.12, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Apostle Paul wrote, Philippians 1, verse 29, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a gift to suffer for God. Now we understand that our suffering is not the same as his. He suffered to bring salvation and we suffer to spread salvation. Has anybody, I know as a kid, as a child, I would see someone struggling. I knew they had struggles or problems and barely make it to worship the Lord, you know, come to church, you know, just to hang in there. They wasn't poor me, poor me. It's just they had a bad situation going on. What be, you know, cancer in their life, you know, spouse pass away, whatever the case, child 
loss. You know, but they still believed and never gave up on Jesus Christ. Right? It's like, I've heard it said before, Christianity is like a nail. The harder you hit it, the deeper it goes. So the harder we're hit, if we really trust and lean and depend upon God, the deeper we go in God. Amen? This is how we embrace suffering. Every follower of Christ will suffer. And this is what he said. He said he sends us out among wolves. He said, people will hate you because of me. That doesn't sound very inviting, does it? People of God, if we want to see the gospel spread to the most evil and dark spot in our communities and our cities and nation, it will not be easy. I have, I have witnessed, I have seen church planters go out into the open country, into deep cities, you know, the bad parts of the city, the community, and, you know, have high hopes and high dreams, but it's a struggle. It's not easy. But they are sacrificing and they are suffering for the Lord. They're doing it with a smile on their face. Amen? This is what it's going to take. It's not easy, but it is well worth it. Amen? So how will we show our neighbors a suffering Savior when everything is going well for us? Do we all want to see the gospel spread in our communities? Well, making disciples in difficult situations is not easy, but it is worth it. So if you're suffering tonight, I want to encourage you to hang in there. Hang in there. Depend on God. Trust God. People are watching you, and they're seeing the suffering Savior in your life. Amen? They're watching you depend upon him when you have nothing, nothing else. And then when God comes through, who's, who's the only one that can get the credit? It's only God. Amen? Yes, friends, our suffering is inevitable, but our mission is unstoppable. You see, Satan's attempt to stop the church in Acts chapter 7 only caused the church to advance in Acts chapter 8. Satan thought he could stop the church by taking out God's single servant, Stephen. But the next, rever- the next verse reveals that the church was scattered abroad, preaching the gospel everywhere they'd go. Look at the, the last verse in the, chapter 7. Stephen dies. In the first verse, believers are scattered everywhere preaching the gospel. Ha! Take that, devil. The church, it was battered, but it was scattered. Amen? It was battered, but scattered. That's what was happening here in Acts chapter 11. And Luke, it takes me to my last point about the church in Antioch. And I know we've got a lot to learn about the church in Antioch, but I just got three. We must have forgiveness for those that have caused us hurt. Has anyone in here ever been hurt by another individual? Maybe not physically, but emotionally. Been hurt by someone else. Come on, everybody in here experienced hurt somehow. 
deep wounds. It can go deep, and man, it hurts, and man, we can, we remember that, amen? Luke tells us that Saul was there when Stephen was stoned to death, and he approved of it. So Saul led out. He led with the persecution of Stephen, which leads to the scattering of the believers, which leads to the founding of the church in Antioch, which became the church that sent out Paul on global missions. What a script. Did y'all hear that? (laughs) Paul inadvertently started the church that ultimately sent him out. And Satan's desire to stop the church will ultimately lead to, to spread the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? So let's just pause for a minute and just talk about hurt. Now, I know every person in this room has experienced hurt. There are people in this room that still have hurt in their heart. And whenever someone begins talking about hurt, you just kind of start closing your ears. Closing the doors to years because hurt don't want to get healed. It don't. That's our humanity. We want to hold on to it. There are people in this room that still have unforgiveness in their heart. And if not careful, that hurt can turn to hate. And we know that hate is too big of a burden to bear. So, think of it for a minute. Whenever Barnabas went and got Saul, and he brought him into that room, to the church of those believers that had went out, being used of God, anointed, seeing miracles, revival taking place, Whatever was going on, God was using him because the Bible says that many people believed and turned to God. Then here comes Barnabas. He walks in and he got Saul with him. Those people probably missing a leg, probably missing an eye, an ear. You know, they saw their mom and dad thrown in prison for loving Jesus. And there's Paul. Saul to them, standing there. Imagine the forgiveness that they had to have. And if we're going to experience the revival that God wants us to experience here in the Life Church, it's going to take all of us here in Kansas City. It is. I'm so thankful for the 12, that's, I believe it's 12, that's got the Holy Ghost the past month. Thankful for that. But God wants to do so much more. Amen. Does anyone have an empty seat beside them? This is what God wants to do. Just think about this. So if there is unforgiveness in your heart for something or there's hurt in your heart for something that happened to you years ago and you're still just coming to church and you're faithful, you're doing all you can do, I promise you help is here tonight. And you who are watching on uh, live internet with us tonight, perhaps you're sitting at home, you don't even want to come back to church because somebody hurts you. 
your heart is hurt. You're bleeding everywhere. But you still feel God tugging at your heart. We need you here at the Life Church. God wants to heal your heart. Amen. So think about those people that were in that room when Saul walked in. This was the one man that was doing everything that he could to stop the spread of the gospel. Forgiveness is not easy, but it is so worth it. Amen? Children, if you're here and somebody says something mean to you on the playground, forgive them. I know it hurt. Words hurt. They do. Somebody says something mean to you, forgive them. Somebody mistreats you, forgive them. Give it to God. Learn to pray and give your problems and your burdens to the Lord. Amen? I think some adults could hear that tonight. Amen? Somebody calls us names. We need to get over and give it to God. The precious people that scattered abroad because of the persecution and preached everywhere they went, they forgave Saul. Amen? The Bible says that he and Barnabas stayed a whole year and taught many people. Amen. Let's stand. Amen. Musicians, if you would, come. Amen. I'm thankful for the church at Antioch. Media, if you could put Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Up for us. Amen. I want to leave time for us to pray because I want God to speak to us tonight. Amen. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. When he found him, when Barnabas found Saul, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Now, we know, we've already talked about that Christian means follower of Christ. So, my question to you tonight is, where were you when you were first called a Christian? Where were you when you were first called a Christian? Why were you called a Christian? Was it like these people of Antioch? You know, you forgave someone of the hurt in your life. Amen. Was it because you were suffering things in life and someone saw you leaning on the Lord, leaning on that suffering Savior? You know, is that why they called you a Christian? Because a follower of Christ really models their life after Christ. You are Christ-like. Amen? It's more, I don't want to be called a Christian because I go to church. Amen? There are thousands of people 
in Kansas City that go to church every Sunday. And everybody's a Christian. Amen? Everybody's a Christian. That's what they claim. But are they true followers of Christ? Forgiveness in their heart. Amen? These Christians were passionate about the mission of Jesus Christ, of making disciples. They embraced suffering. They forgave. They loved God and their neighbors. They were Christ-like. You know, the Bible is very clear that we must forgive or he will not forgive us. Amen? When we suffer for being a Christian, praise God for being called by his name. Paul wrote that. When we suffer for being a Christian, praise God for being called by his name. Amen? So tonight... I want us to pray a specific prayer request. As a matter of fact, the altars are open. I'd like for all of you to come join us at the altar tonight. Amen. Brother J.T. Pugh preached about a prayer request, Aunt. A prayer request. Brother JTP preached about years ago. It's the forgotten prayer request. Luke chapter 10, verse 2 says, These were Jesus' instructions to them. He said, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. And so here in just a moment, I want us to take at least five, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15, and God's going to do something in here in this room. Well, let's pray that God would send workers into the field, to this field, right outside these doors, this field, Kansas City metro area. We need laborers in the field. Amen. And let's pray that God will raise up just ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Amen? Let's pray this prayer right now. Let's pray that forgotten prayer request that God will raise up, send laborers into the field. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we call upon your name, Lord. Lord God, there are people, Lord Jesus, in this room, Lord God, that are watching, Lord God, that want to be used by you, Lord God. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you open the door, Lord, to their heart. Lord God, draw them, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we need laborers, Lord God, in our community, Lord Jesus. We need laborers, Lord, in the field, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we know, Lord God, that you place each and every one of us here in Kansas City, Lord God, for a reason, Lord. Lord, we want to grow where we're planted, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to be used by you, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you raise up young people, Lord. Lord, young people, Lord God. Lord Jesus, to go, Lord God, into your field, Lord God. Lord, the harvest is white, Lord God, and ready for harvest, Lord Jesus. Lord God, help us, Lord Jesus. Lord God, raise up, Lord God, leaders, Lord. Just ordinary people, Lord God, to do extraordinary things. Oh God, we need you, Lord God. We're not gonna 
underestimate, Lord God, the power of your spirit, Lord God, in just the ordinary person's life, Lord God, to go out, Lord God, into the community, Lord God. You're going to use them, Lord God, to do mighty things, Lord God, so you can get the glory, Lord Jesus, for revival, Lord God, to sweep through this community, Lord, like never before. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for this forgotten prayer request, Lord God. A few of us pray, Lord God. We pray, Lord, for others to go. Send me, Lord Jesus. Lord God, send me, Lord, send me, send me, send me, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Come on, church, don't be afraid to say, send me, Lord. Come on, not everybody has to go to Africa when you say, send me. It just send you right outside the door of your house to your neighbor's house. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord God, use me, Lord, for your glory, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, this is what it's all about, Lord God. This is why you placed us here, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Another prayer request that we can pray right now. Let's pray for those with hurt in their heart. Amen. They may be a backslider. They may be somebody sitting on the fence. They're still watching live. They're watching church and worshiping at home. But humanity's getting in the way. Let's pray that this hurt would be healed. Come on, church, let's pray for this right now. Lord Jesus, Lord God, touch these precious people, Lord God. You have something for them, Lord God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over this hurt. Take authority over the way the enemy is trying to work in their lives. Take authority in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we need an army of believers, Lord God, here, Lord Jesus, to go out, Lord God, to be used by you, Lord God. It's going to take everybody, Lord Jesus. It's going to take everybody. It's going to take everybody. Hallelujah. Let's continue praying. Let's pray for people with unforgiveness in their heart. Lord Jesus, help them, Lord God. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for the backslider, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for those, Lord God, that just see wrong at every turn, Lord Jesus. Lord, none of us are perfect, Lord. None of us are perfect. But we need our friends, Lord. We need our brothers. We need our sisters to come home, Lord Jesus. Lord God, people will know that we are yours, Lord God, by unity, Lord God, by one, by us being one, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so much, church. Thank you, church. And one more prayer that we can offer. If there's anybody in this room that, that would like to have special prayer, you're more than welcome to come right here in front of the front and the church will stretch out their hands towards you and pray. If it's a young person in here and you want to be used by God, 
And you really don't even know what that means, but you want God to use you, perhaps like, you know, David on the battlefield fighting Goliath, or perhaps like Daniel in the lion's den, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You want God to use you in a mighty way with miracles and signs and wonders, or you want to preach God's word, anybody, any adult, any child, and you're just seeking direction in your life. Anyone, anybody need prayer? Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Is there anybody here that needs a healing in your life tonight? Anybody just by the showing of your hand? If, if you have a need in your life you'd like prayer for, this lady right here. Anybody else? We have someone over here. Church, if we could stretch our hands out to those right now that are suffering, pray and ask God to touch them tonight. Lord Jesus, we call upon your great name, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, God, all power in heaven and earth, Lord, is in your hands, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we believe, Lord God, you're touching them right now in Jesus' name. We take authority over this sickness, over this issue. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the power of your word and your name, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.